I put crushed glass in the fuel line. Light bulbs I found in the church. Vehicles should have failed before it ever got to the road. You would have killed us. It wasn't supposed to go down like that. Not hardly, not half. The glass wasn't supposed to wear out the fuel line next to the spark plugs. We fully pulled a short straw on that one. What the hell? Why did you do that? Eugene. What? Eugene. Why did you do that? appreciate the positive affirmations and looking the other way on the perversion. But I know empirically and definitively that I cannot survive on my own. I cannot. So you killed the bus? If I don't cure the disease, if I don't save the world, I have no value. It's not how it works. If I don't fix things, there's no way you people would keep me around, share resources, even protect me. Of course we would. We're friends. We have each other's backs. That's it. That's how it works. This week on the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 5, Self-Help, written by Heather Belson and Seth Hoffman and directed by Ernest Dickerson. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kalsik, TV editor of Sound On Sight, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, our general editor, editor-in-chief, co-creator, all of that good stuff, Mr. Ricky D. Ricky, how's it going? Hey, Kate. I'm good. You? I'm so much better. I was sick last week. I'm so much better now. It's amazing. Uh, joining us this week to talk about uh, Walking Dead uh, Season 5, Episode 5, Zach, uh, self-help, is Zach Hanlon from the AV Club. Zach, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to hear you're feeling better. Yeah, there's been a bit of a sound on site virus going around. A bunch of our different writers have been getting sick, but hopefully that's all going to be. Everybody's going to be on the health train soon. Um, it's <laughs> the health train. This was a, a less than healthy maybe episode for Eugene this week on uh, on The Walking Dead. We talked last week about you know some of our expectations. I was expecting us to wrap up maybe the Beth stuff this week. I was not expecting that we'd cut away and spend the week with. Eugene and uh, and Abraham and get probably I think this is like our one of our very few full on flashbacks that we've gotten. I guess maybe it was a dream. What what do you think about that, Zach? Um, no, I'm pretty sure it was a flashback. I think they they found ways to suggest um, that it was like to connect it to what we were watching on screen and that you know Abraham would be sleeping or distracted, so it's possible it was happening in his head. But I don't think there was any con- any sort of effort to to suggest that this wasn't what actually happened, or that this was some sort of weird haze. I don't. I'm, I'm not explaining clearly. Yeah, basically what I mean is that they 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 found a way to integrate the flashbacks very cleverly, but I don't think that means it was any sort of dream sequence. 
Yeah, unlike what we got with Michonne, uh, where we got some of her backstory, right. but it was very, right. very dreamlike. Well, what did you think of this approach? Are you glad we spent the week with uh, with Abraham and Eugene? Yes. Uh, actually, yeah, no, I, I thought it was fantastic. Actually, uh, did either of you guys, this is kind of a random question, but did either of you guys watch the previous episode on AMC last week, or did you, did you guys do screeners? Oh, we don't get screeners. <laughs> okay, so did they actually show a preview of this week with scenes... Did they show anything that indicated that this week was going to be a completely different group of characters? I usually don't watch the previews. I always do at the end of the episode, but I always automatically turn my TV off because I don't want to be spoiled. Because of the podcast, I don't want to go in knowing what's going to happen next week because it affects what I say on the uh, podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, never mind then. I was curious if they did. Um, no, I thought this episode was fantastic. I, I thought last week's was a little eh. I thought Beth was great, but I wasn't a huge fan of the the hospital folks. I thought it was kind of a – I wasn't all that interested in that environment. But – um. I was, I guess I was a little worried with seeing this group after last week ended on such a cool cliffhanger, but I thought this week was a really well handled way to, uh, to sort of get, like, flesh out both Abraham and Eugene a bit. And, um, I thought that I really was impressed at how they used the flashback sequences because they were all very short scenes. Like, there wasn't any sort of effort to, like, give us these long, drawn out visions of what Abraham's life had been like before. It was all very sort of subjective and kind of, like fuzzy on the edges and stuff. So clearly um, it was, it was stuff we were seeing from his perspective. And it was also very quick, short, very emotional um, bits that kind of just put you in his mind. Um, I thought that was very effective. And I thought um, just the, all there, there is a lot of stuff in this episode. I really liked, Uh, I'm really, really excited about how this season is shaping out. Uh, But no, I, I, overall I I was a fan and I, I thought I would not have said beforehand that it was a good idea to jump to them instead of finishing up Beth's story, but as it is now, I, I'm I'm delighted with it. How about you, Ricky? What did you think of the of the flashbacks? Were you glad to you know that we've been asking about those for a while? Were you glad to get them mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I've been asking for flashbacks since we started our Walking Dead podcast like five years ago. So I was ecstatic, loved it. I think this is one of the best episodes of The Walking Dead. I love this season. I think it's shaping up to be my favorite season so far. Long gone are the days in which I used to bitch about The Walking Dead writing staff. Um, I think they are doing a fabulous job this season. Um, I like the fact that the flashbacks are left purposely vague. Like, we understand sort of what's going on. Like, we clearly, you know, Abraham is killing four guys with his bare fist, and we assume that he's protecting his wife and kids because he's wearing the wedding ring, but we're not even sure if it's his wife and kids, but we can assume it's his wife and kids, but everything's very vague. And I think it's very smart because it's the point here. It's not about who he's killing or who these people are. It's about who he was right before he met Eugene and leading up to that very final scene in which we get to see him meet Eugene for the very first time. And we get to see the very moment Eugene decided to trick Abraham into making him think that he has a cure to save the world. And of course we as viewers at least I think most of us knew that Eugene was full of shit because if they have a cure, the show would be over, right? I mean, I've never ever thought that Eugene would have a cure, but I did like the idea of introducing someone who claimed to have a cure because I do think hope is important for these characters and also for viewers. So I thought this episode was amazing. Well, one of the best things about it for me, and this ties in with what I, one of the main things I've appreciated about this season is that they get the Eugene doesn't have a cure thing out of the way in the first Eugene's group or Abraham's group episode. So just like all season, they got rid of the the Terminus set piece, you know, the, that uh, location in the first episode. They got rid of Gareth and all of them really quickly. They've been moving through this plot. And, and 
really subverting maybe uh, some of the more critical viewers of the of the show, some of our expectations uh, on how on how they're going to stretch things out and stretch things out. So that was the biggest uh, you know positive for me about this episode. There's a lot of really, really great character moments, but I was so pleasantly surprised to see it just takes like one or two pep talks from Tara to get Eugene to finally fess up. You know what's weird about that final twist is I think. Like, like I said, viewers can spot it from a mile away, but the way it was handled, it's handled so extremely well. Like, it's well-acted. It's well-directed. It's extremely well-written. It's just a perfect scene because it's all leading up to that payoff. And I don't know. I just love the acting across the board, like, especially, like, Glenn, like, his reaction. I loved the, the – I love the editing. Like, for example – when like Eugene's fist is highlighted throughout the whole entire episode, we get the close up of his of his bleeding hand. Like, the oh, wound... you mean Abraham? I think. Oh, sorry, yeah, a- Abraham. Right, and his wound never heals, and so the flashbacks indicate that he gets the the wound, like the injured hand, the bleeding hand from beating up and killing these four men, which led to his wife and kids fleeing from him. And it's like it never healed, and now it's reopened again, and it reopens like the wound reopens when he hears Eugene confess to him and once again he's crushed and devastated and I think deep down inside I think Abraham always kind of sort of knew that Eugene could have been full of shit but he just needed to hear he needed to hear something like something that would give him hope to move on like a a direction something to live for and so I think that just completely destroyed him no I think that's that's very true I um I mean the whole thing like that established that I mean everybody I'm pretty sure none of these characters are complete idiots and I'm pretty sure all of them, in some level, realized that 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 this wasn't this probably wasn't going to work out. Because um, especially as we've learned over and over again on the show, hope is a very very dangerous thing. Which is one of the reasons I find I am often very frustrated with The Walking Dead because I find it very depressing. As The Walking Dead, it's it's a show in which it's you're constantly being told, no, no, kindness is going to get you killed, decency will get you killed, hope is going to get you killed, and it gets old after a while. And it was nice to have this idea. Even it, it was almost like it was so ludicrous that it kind of almost had to be true. Like you almost had to believe in it just because it was so absurd that this goofy guy with the weird monotone voice would have this uh, somehow have this like magic cure all for this the zombie apocalypse. And um, so it, I thought not only Abraham, I thought they all to some extent were it, like going on with going along with the idea just because they really wanted to deep down believe in it. Uh, and it gave, you know, it gave, gave him a direction. They, like after the, the prison, there's not really, it, it, it's not really a lot of, you need something in your life. And, um, and I thought that and I, I was, well, actually, I was just surprised. Like Kate, you said that you were, you were impressed that they, they got, they, this came out in the open so quickly. Um, I, I was very surprised by that. I did not think that that revelation was going to happen for at least, at least not until the end of the season. Um, and I'm very, very curious as to how they're going to fill that void in the weeks ahead. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fun sort of nervous feeling and that, you know, I can't think of what they can do now that's going to kind of take the place of Eugene of the quest to get to Washington. But at the same time that the writing has been so strong and so interesting. And I like all these characters now that I'm actually, I actually have a little bit of faith that they'll be able to pull it off, which is not something I would have said like a season or two ago. Um, yeah, no, and uh, and I thought that the episode did a great job of, of kind of giving you, of making you understand that both Abraham and Eugene are complicated people, and they both have things about them that's kind of, that it's kind of arguably monstrous or horrible, 
but yet you completely understand where they're both coming from. You know, you completely understand that Abraham is a person who clear, who has this huge, like this temper, this, this violent streak in him, and he needs to focus that on something. And you understand why Eugene, who's very, who is very smart, um, despite not being a genius scientist, understand, like he's very, clearly there's some sort of background where he does not have any value. He doesn't value himself at all. Like there's that wonderful moment where he basically, I think he was talking to Tara where he said, yeah, I, I have, I have no value. I, there's nothing about me. You would not want me to survive. I can't kill. I can't hunt for myself. I can't protect myself. So I like, like it's, it, I, I was very impressed at how they justify these seemingly horrible choices. Like the fact that Abraham just beats the shit out of Eugene. Maybe even, we don't even know. I don't, he might, hopefully he's not dead, but he could be. And, but you still, you get it. You don't, you don't think these are the, you don't necessarily think, oh, that was a heroic move by Eugene to lie to these people or for Abraham to be so dead set on forcing them through this situation. But at the same time, the episode does a good job of, of helping you understand those moments. And I think it's something that the show has struggled with in the past because in the past, a lot of the, too much of the time, characterization has basically been, well, I think this would be interesting if they do this here. Let's just have them do that there. That'd be weird. Yeah, sure. Just do that. And there's been no, like a very little consistency. And I think the show has gotten much better in the past season or two, like that's the last season and this season in terms of figuring out how to build these characters so that when they make these choices, these impossible, weird, horrible choices, we get the drama of it because we know why they did it. And there's sort yeah. of a, 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 like it's easier to care about them and to get worked up in what happens next, because it's not just some random craziness. It's an actual uh, decision. Like the, these are tragedies. And it, it's, yeah, no, I was very impressed. Yeah, and you mentioned the word choice. Uh, and it's interesting because Eugene does finally make a choice in which he doesn't, you, you know, choose the cowardly way. Like he actually, uh, and it's like you said, in his case, it comes with heavy costs because he gets beat up and he's covered in blood. And I don't think he's dead, but I mean, he could be seriously injured because Abraham beats the living crap out of him. But the thing is, is that Eugene yeah. kind of deserves the beating. Like I'm not, Saying that I'm not for yeah. physical violence. Yeah, but he more than he deserves just, the beating. Yeah, and and the thing is, his confession is still somewhat selfish because he's confessing to make himself feel better. And also, now here's the question for you, Kate. So clearly, he wants to make himself feel better. Clearly, he wants to come out and get it out of the way and finally tell the truth and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But do you think that he also came out because he didn't want to allow? Abraham to lead them into a suicide mission by walking across the farmlands, which are covered with the walking dead. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think uh, this situation and he, I think he also saw, you know, they had been there had been such a wonderful sense of camaraderie with the group. And I think he really enjoyed being, you know, sort of sort of welcomed into that specifically by Tara in this episode. And he sees all that, you know, this, this strife within the group in a way that there hasn't been yet. And he also sees that field of, of the, you know, their, that suicide mission that he knows Abraham well enough to know that he will push the group to a breaking point about it. And mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's a combination of factors. But I, I also, I like the way that they have Tara's, uh, you know, just her quick line to him in the bus, you're screwed either way. So you might as well, you know, I like that the way that that clearly strikes a chord with him. He specifically quotes it at least once, if not twice in the episode. And I think that's really where he finds himself. And that's what that's what prompts him to just come out with. He's like, if I tell them when we're in Washington, that doesn't make it better. I thought maybe it would, but it's not going to. So I might as well just get it out of the way now. And what has me very interested, we've already sort of touched on this, but how does the group just not immediately walk back to the church? 
right now? What what are they going to possibly do narratively with this group? Because I think they like having smaller groups. It's, I think it's a good thing for the show. But well, what happens next so that they don't just immediately walk back to the church? Well, given the fact that they have to, you know, if they move forward, it's going to be like a suicide mission because there's like a million zombies ahead of them. I think they're, they are going to have no choice but to turn back. And I think Glenn and Maggie are, going to now, are now going to be the ones that are going to make the call because they went along to, you know, save the world and help this guy. So now they're going to have to turn around and reunite with Rick and the gang. I think, I think, if you, I think actually not even just Glenn and Maggie, I think Tara and Rosita are actually going to want to go back to the church also. Like, I think they're going to want to reunite with Rick and the gang. Um, you know, I think that'll be safer for everyone. There'll be a, a larger group. It's like, and it, I think there's a line in this episode in which Abraham actually states that everyone at this point who's still alive in this post-apocalyptic zombie world is incredibly strong, like yeah, mentally and physically. Yeah. Like you have to be strong in order to survive. So I think for sure they're going to head back to the church. But I think the most interesting takeaway this week is the structure of the episode and also reflecting back on the season as a whole and just looking at the structure of the season. Like this episode does a fantastic job and just to find a narrative split, like just the idea that they are giving a, or de de uh, dedicating a whole entire episode to three characters who were introduced last year. And this is, the, I think, the only episode that I can remember in which, uh, again, I don't remember, is it Rosalita or Rosita? Rosita. 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 I think this is the only episode in which Rosita gets more than two lines. Like they do a good job, uh, or sort of a good. No, I wouldn't even say a good job, but at least they try to flesh out her character. But they do a fantastic job with Eugene and Abraham, especially with the flashbacks, which we've already talked about. And also, like I love the repeated jump cuts and just little things, like how Abraham is always humming the same song. It's, it's, it's as if to emphasize the fact that he is always trying to distract himself to keep himself from exploding because he's so prone to violence and he's, he has such a temper. And that's what I loved about this episode. It's just these little details and the editing. Well, and again, you, you've mentioned this, but this is by far, at least to me, the, the most an episode has cared about either Tara and certainly Rosalita. And they're not even the two main focuses of this episode. But I like that instead of having Maggie be our emotional center or be the person who reaches out to Eugene, which that would fit with her character, they, they go, you know, we really need to do some work with Tara. So let's give her something to do. And let's tell the audience a little bit about Rosalita because of how she intercepts and stands between Abraham and Eugene at the end. And we get, you know, we get a little sense of, of humor with her as well. I mean, the, the just the scene with the hair talking about the haircuts and stuff is one of the most relaxed and genuine and just very relatable scenes that the show's had in quite a while. I I hope that we don't lose the this level of of comedy that we've had recently with the with the hope has come more hey. lightheartedness. I hope we yeah. don't lose that completely with the revelation about Eugene. Yeah. Well, it's not even just comedy. It's just people being people, people enjoying at least a part of their day. Like, I don't care if you're in a zombie apocalypse, you're still going to want to enjoy yourself at some point in time. And also, it's funny because right before the episode started, I was joking around with my older nephew and he was saying, well, why doesn't anyone in the in this Walking Dead world ever have sex? And in this episode, we actually get this really weird sex scene. Oh, um, yeah. I wanted to. Sorry. I just. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually wanted to ask you about this <laughs> the sex scene. What did you think about it? And also, apparently, AMC almost censored the sex scene. That doesn't. Well, that's hilarious considering how much violence there is mm. on, on the show. 
Um, yeah, they were like, I just super gory this season too. Um, no, I thought the sex scene was fantastic. Um, I agree. I, I do wish, I hope at some point we get a little bit more from Rosita because it does feel like right now she's just, I mean, I'm glad that they actually, like, this sounds kind of odd, but I'm glad that she's wearing like actually more clothes than she was originally because her first outfit was just hilarious and bizarre to me, like the tied off shirt and the short shorts. It seemed like she would just wandered in from like a pinup photo shoot and it didn't make any sense. So that's some small thing. And the fact that she stepped up and then she so clearly shows care, care for Abraham and for Eugene and she stepped up to protect Eugene from Abraham. I thought that was a really nice moment because it gave her some, a little more depth. But that sex scene was, I thought, just a, such a great, and it's, it, it, I don't, I cannot think of another moment the show has done that is so odd, but yet, just so ultimately, a critic on Twitter called it humanizing, which it really is because it, it's this moment that, you know, if you had told me beforehand, oh, there's a sex scene in this episode where somebody's watching them have sex, I would go, oh yeah, that's going to be creepy and weird and we're all just going to be really uncomfortable and gross. It's a little creepy and it's weird that Eugene's watching them have sex. At the same time, it just, it doesn't ever go, like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't make him psycho. It's just this odd little moment. And it's like, it makes them, <laughs> well, no, it just makes them feel like people. Abraham's like, oh, yeah. Like, like they know this. He does this from time to time. It's not because he's going to turn into a psycho killer or anything. It just, it makes them all feel like actual people who are living in this new post-apocalyptic world because all of a sudden the sort of standard things you assume to be true about, like, like, like it, you, you, you would have different standards and expectations for behavior in a, in a world like this. You would have different things would be like, like more important to you. And the idea that we're going to steal this moment of intimacy where it's almost impossible to have any sort of privacy because privacy for too long can get you killed. And we're going to have this and we're just going to have to accept the fact that this little weirdo is going to watch us. And I'm not even explaining it very well. I just, Eugene actually justifies why he's watching. No, that's, so, I mean, that's, that's like one of Eugene's basic, most likable traits is that he's very self-aware. Like he's yeah. always, like, it's, it's both disarming and kind of a cheat in a, in a, in a very interesting way, but he's always very self-aware of what he's doing, how it comes, like that scene with him, the conversation he has with Tara right after is so great. Like it's mm-hmm. just, the, the, the writers are taking these interesting risks and doing these things that I would not have expected from them in such a ways that I, I actually, actually, I say that about, about the, I don't think I've seen a scene quite that striking and odd on maybe any other show in ages. Like maybe something, maybe Kurt Sutter doing something weird on Sons of Anarchy, maybe. But it's such this moment of like just accepting, yeah, it's a little weird thing, but we're also not going to make a big deal out of it. It's just something that happens. It's just, it's messy. It's the, it's, it, things are dangerous. People are in trouble and, and messy stuff happens during sex. It was just, I don't know. I was just very, well, I was and just, it I, is a risky scene considering AMC wanted to censor it. But my yeah. question for Arder, you or Kate is, do you guys actually think that Tara believed them or she didn't clue into the fact that he was lying about finding a cure? I think she may, may not have wanted to hear him or to, to when, when he tells her about the glass, you mean, right? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think she just didn't, want to connect the dots on that because anyone who was actually actively like listening objectively to that would cue in. Um, so I think she was, you know, just like sort of, uh, but yeah, but, uh, we don't have to worry about that because you do know how to save the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And speaking of the sex scene, I mean, I, I thought it was fabulous. I, I, I like that we're all on board with this 
scene because yeah, it's I it's so and you said humanizing, uh, Zach. It's because Rosalie's like, here's this creepy guy's watching us, <laughs> and, and it's like just that kind of interaction with her and Abraham is is great. And the fact that Abraham and the fact that uh, Abraham really doesn't care, it tells us a lot about him. And the fact that Eugene then is discovered is like, yeah, I realize I'm being weird. Like this <laughs> it all fits with their characters. And it it tells us so much about them, but it also these are distinct rea- reactions. There is not another character who would do what Eugene does. And yeah. even if there is somebody who would you know, stumble across some people having sex and maybe watch a while. There's certainly not another character who would then, when discovered, just be like, not try to play it off and be like, okay, I see you've discovered me watching my friends have sex. Uh, that <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> and do not forget that right before he has sex with her, he has that quick conversation with Glenn. He's like, okay, I'm going to go I'm going to go sleep. get some ass. Like, that's the kind of things I miss, like, about Glenn. Just like, it's kind of like, He's kind of like shy and awkward at times. And you know what's funny? Um, so, Zach, you watch the, the the screeners, right? Right. Do you ever watch it live? Uh, only when they don't send me a screener. Um, so, uh, very yeah, rarely. Because you know how in between like commercials, they show clips from previous episodes? And sometimes those clips are amazing. Because you're like, holy shit, he looks so young. And holy shit, I forgot about that moment. Mm-hmm. In uh, this episode, they show the clip in which um, Glenn and Maggie, uh, I think they have a conversation in the convenience store and Maggie basically tells Glenn for the first time that she'll have sex with him. And it's just interesting when they how they choose specific clips that kind of like hint hints as to what we're going to get to see in the episode we're now watching. So mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, I really enjoy how they include those little clips in between commercials. One of the things I definitely noticed in this episode was that Maggie doesn't mention Beth again. Yeah, that that's a big thing on the internet. Like, I've had people, I've seen people co- comment, like, I don't think Maggie has ever mentioned Beth since uh, <laughs> since they got back to, like, it's weird. I, I don't know if it's because the writers realized that they hadn't mentioned it, and then we're like, well, we can't have it, we can't have it mentioned now, or if it's just <laughs> because we're supposed to assume that Maggie just sort of, just uh, like, Maggie is just so willing to is so unwilling to get hurt against just yep she's dead and just moves on i don't know it's bizarre well i have to I had to remind myself as i was watching that maggie thinks they're waiting for daryl and carol to, or they're looking for or waiting for them maggie doesn't know that daryl and carol are get, are saving beth so because no. because they didn't report back that they had seen the car so it it was very dis- uh, just distracting to me until i remembered that while Daryl did mention Beth and that, you know, he he doesn't know where she was, but that she had been alive in the boxcar early in the season. Maggie doesn't know that Beth is back in the picture on the show yet. Uh, so I, I guess so it makes sense. There's no new reason for her to mention Beth. But yeah. I just I especially with how well this season has done with his characterizations. I mean, this episode, it's what we keep praising. One of the big things we keep praising about this episode there's got to be just a really powerful Maggie and Beth scene coming to us when they eventually reunite. If they reunite. When? Yeah, well, I think I just got to assume that Maggie just, like, she just believes she's dead, and so she doesn't want to think about it. Like, she has absolutely no hope that she's going to come back alive. That's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. But it's interesting how in this episode, we finally get so much screen time awarded to Abraham, Eugene, and Rosita. 
And it just so happens to be the episode in which the whole entire group falls apart. <laughs> so it's like amazing. <laughs> but I have no idea what they're going to do next. Like, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to, I guess, go back to Daryl and Carol. But they could go back to Rick Grimes and his group of people. Or they could actually do an episode in which we get to see everybody. Given what we talked about last week on the podcast, my and not having seen the next week on, uh, my prediction is we go back to Daryl and he reveals everybody hates Chris. Noah, what was his name again? Noah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Rick and the, they all you know team up or, or you know get their guns and stuff and go and save. Beth, and so we cut back and forth between Carol and Beth and Daryl and the rest of the group. That's my prediction. Okay. But here's the thing, Kate. Last week we talked about this, and um, before this episode aired, they aired last week's episode again. So I watched last week's episode again, and I completely forgot about this when we were doing a podcast last week, but at the end of the episode, so basically Beth and Noah try to escape. Noah gets away, not Beth, right? Then we cut. There's actually like a, a second or two of black screen. And then she's being stitched up by the doctor. I forget the doctor's name right now. Dr. Uh, Eric. No, Dr. Same name from the guy from Nick. Dr. Whatever. Anyhow, everyone knows what I'm talking about. So the doctor's stitching her up. And he says it's going to take a, uh, some more some more time before your wounds heal. And then she picks up, I think it's like a knife or scissors. And she's about to stab him walking down the hallway. And then Carol gets wheeled in. But the thing is, we don't know how much time has passed so now I'm taking back everything I said last week on the podcast <laughs> because it, because based on the cut, the edit, it feels like a bit of time has passed since Noah got away. So maybe Carol also gets captured. Maybe she's not a Trojan horse. She's totally a Trojan Okay. Uh, I'm curious, Zach, what you think about that and then also what your expectations. Um, obviously, we I should have said this at the top. No, we don't do any spoilers on the podcast, so there won't be any talk of what anything that is confirmed or that we know would happen in the future, comics or TV show. Uh, so with that caveat, Zach, uh, any thoughts on Carol as Trojan Horse from last week, and what do you expect or what do you hope to see next week? Oh, I'd say Carol is definitely a Trojan Horse. Um, I can't imagine her getting – it'd be um, too much of a, of a coincidence for her to get grabbed. Sorry. Um, no, I think I – think, I, and I think the way the season has sort of been playing out, uh, it's been sort of stressing how confident these these folks are, and I think at this point we from what we see of Carol, Carol is the ultimate badass. Um, I would be legitimately shocked if somebody had gotten the drop on her, um, and I think it'd be much more it's almost it'd be much more interesting if she actually was in there to sort of uh, as the Trojan horse. And I yeah, I mean I I guess what I'm really curious I'm really curious to see what they do with uh, Abraham's group because. While I I understand from like a practical oh okay let's pretend they're real people and what would you do if you were in their shoes sense going back to the church makes sense narratively that is a bad move anytime you have characters who leave a place and then go back to that place that they left even though they were planning on never coming back it's tricky to pull off and you need more time so I would really hope that what happens is we cut to uh, you. Know, uh, Daryl and Carol, and maybe as uh, as Ricky suggested, the the rest of the, the Rick's group showing up to rescue Beth, um, and then at some point either the groups meet up or some other crisis hits Abraham's group or something. I'm not sure. They're going to have to figure. That's the the tricky part for the show right now 
and it's always going to be a tricky part of the show, is they keep needing to come up with new external crises. You know what? Okay, there's a mention of bicycles in this episode, right? Which yeah. is honestly the best way to travel in a zombie apocalypse because it doesn't make noise and it doesn't break down, it doesn't blow up, and you don't need gasoline, et cetera, et cetera. But I was thinking about what they've done in previous episodes because in this episode, we get this beautiful montage in which we get to see how they boil water by using like coat hangers and toilet water, et cetera, et cetera. It's a beautiful, beautiful montage, right? And so I was thinking about some of the brilliant things and ideas that they'd come up with in the past. And remember, it wasn't too long ago in which they were using spray paint to, um, to spray paint signs along the highway so they knew uh, where they were and they can, you know, tell so-and-so, yeah, we are headed north or south or whatever. I mean, if I were to split up, like if the groups were to split up, I would find a way, first of all, to indicate that you have crossed so-and-so road, you know, using spray paint on a sign. Um, and also, I would use, like, walkie-talkies or something. I mean, at one point, Rick had walkie-talkies, right? He was communicating with Morgan with walkie-talkies. There's got to be a way for them to communicate when they do split up. And so we also have to remember that they do stop at a little town, which is almost void of any any walkers and full of supplies. Remember, Glenn and Maggie want to stay an extra night to stock up on food and, and et cetera, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. if I were in their shoes, I would try to find a way to indicate to Rick and the gang that they are camping out at so-and-so place, go back, stock up on supplies, and try to fix the fire truck, maybe. Okay. That, that, that makes sense to me. And certainly that having that line about the extra night makes it make sense. And it's on the, that town, I believe is on the map on the path that they had uh, drawn for yeah. Rick's group. So that would work as well. And I do have to interject though, that Ricky uh, bikes may not break down the way cars do, but the, <laughs> they the might flat get tires all the time. <laughs> that <laughs> is yeah, there there are certainly issues that come along with bicycles. Do we have any final thoughts uh, about this episode? Because I think we could speculate a lot on what's coming uh, or what we want to see, but that's a, that's the trouble with the season of The Walking Dead. When the show is so good, there becomes fewer things for us to talk about because we agree and, and like so much more of it. Do we have any final thoughts about this episode or uh, what we expect in these last three episodes before the mid-season finale or mid- the mid-season break um no i i i feel like i'm i'm a little concerned i will say that i am a little concerned about going back to the hospital just because i found that kind of a not the most interesting place um and i hope that the seasons like if we find i'll be much more interested in seeing like you know sort of a heroic attack or some or some sort of rescue on it Hopefully that'll make it a little more interesting because this I mean, this episode worked really because it was a payoff or something that's been kind of building for a few episodes. Well, since last season. Um, and it also it really delved deeply into character. There wasn't sort of an external situation going on. It was very much about here are these people. Let's get to know them a bit before we, you know, wreck everything. And I feel like that's always going to be the challenge for the show is we need to find other interesting things to say about some of these people. Um and so I just hope the show keeps finding new ways to add in interesting stuff. That was the most clever thing I could think of. Wow. I am sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I just feel like I, I, as always with Walking Dead, every time I get really excited about an episode, there's always a little bit of voice in my back of my head that reminds me of how, thing, how easily it could fall apart. Cause this is always going to be a show because it doesn't have, because the, the way they open ended uh, way of the, 
open-ended nature of the show and sort of the underlying constant thesis of, you know, you, you're all going to die. It's horrible. Everything sucks. Everything's the worst. Um, so I hope that this show, this season will continue the, 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 the development of the, the competence of all the characters. Like, like that, you mentioned that the, um, Abraham's little speech about how everybody who's left is actually really good. And the, it's a nice moment because it, it, it points out something that you've been able to sort of see over the course of the season. They're all, almost all of them are really good at killing zombies now. And the zombies aren't quite the threat that they used to be. And I hope that that, that adds a lot to the show because it means, it's always more fun to watch people who are good at what they're doing and who are like just really, cause it makes any sort of crisis that much more interesting. And I hope that continues. And I also hope that the, uh, that they come up with, um, more interesting threats as they go. Oh my God. Oh my God. Did we completely forget about the coolest zombie kill ever? When he oh God. Yeah. Oh, the hose. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> he uses God. the hose yeah, to the- knock up like 20 zombies. Like, holy shit. That, that was, was pretty amazing. Great. And the whole entire time, I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Special effects-wise, like, how in the world did they actually create that scene? Also, I like the, it's all about the little details, Kate. And, you know, I already talked about the bloody hands and the editing, but also, like, little things like in the last episode, they were listening to vinyl records. In this episode, we actually get to see Eugene reading the book from H.G. Wells, The Shape of Things to Come. Um, little things like that. Like we just need these little flourishes and it just does so much for the show and the characters. I got to say when they were going through the, the bookshop and tearing up the books for the paper, I was like, please tell me that they were like at least checking the titles of what books they were ripping up. Like tell me, tell me there was like a triage. It's like, you know, war and peace, not going to destroy that. Harry Potter, not going to destroy that. Fifty Shades of Grey, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Go for it, you know? Twilight, <laughs> go for it, you know? I want to th- I want to see think that there was like a Shaun of the Dead record, you know, scene kind of thing happening off screen with those books. Yeah. That would have been amazing if they actually burnt like a Twilight book. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's some Twilight fans listening now who are very upset with us. And I shouldn't really express an opinion because I haven't read the books, but you know what I mean? Insert your book that it does not interest you of choice. Maybe some like old middle school text history textbooks that are no longer valid. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I, I feel Kate, like that would have been fun. Um, usually I'm pretty good at picking up on riddles and small details, but there's one thing that I just did not pick up on. It's also because I was distracted because my dog started barking. But at one point in the episode, Maggie starts talking to Eugene about Samson and some riddle. What was that about? Yeah. Well, um, it's a riddle of uh, the riddle of Samson. It's a, uh... It's about a, a a lion and it gets a, a honeycomb inside the lion. I'm sure Kate will hopefully Kate will remember it better than I. The main reason I remember it is it's actually something that's very explicitly referenced in uh in a Stephen King book. In uh the third Dark Tower book, there's actually a bit about riddles, and that's one of the first riddles you hear, and they explain it. And given that the show has done some nods to King in the past, um I felt like that might have been a nice little hat tip. But hopefully Kate remembers it better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I remember what you're talking about. It's, uh, I don't remember the specific riddle, but I liked that the show, uh, didn't feel the need to spell it out for you. Like, say, so she says what the riddle is, and then she jumps forward to, you know, her reaction to it is like, how could, you know, how could they, anybody figure that out? And then, but I like that she doesn't then explain what it is, uh, because the assumption is that because, Eugene has said all these other specific things about Samson that Eugene already knows. It's one of those things that's been a a recent pet peeve of me. I think like the 
last week or the week before, it was the third different show that I can remember this year using the the grain, the chicken, and the fox or whatever analogy as like some really difficult riddle. I think Gotham did it. It's like, that's everybody, everybody knows that one. You don't need to ever tell us the answer to how you get them all across the river. We all know that one. Please yeah. don't spend 30 seconds explaining it. So I actually really appreciated that here they didn't. But anyways, I got to go back and watch the episode again so I can figure out. So if our listeners know, send us some feedback or leave a, a comment over at our website, soundsite.org, please. Yeah, we always appreciate hearing from you guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk with us this week, Zach. Where can our listeners find you and your work online? Uh, you can find me at the AV Club where I review The Walking Dead every week. And I also write about Sons of Anarchy um sleepy hollow futurama and the twilight zone um you can also find me on twitter at z handlin so just just a few shows then yeah do you know i i like to keep things light um, <laughs> oh thank exactly. you for having me by the way thank you for having me on again it's always a pleasure ricky how about you uh, on twitter sound on site and uh do like us on facebook and the follow us on tumblr if you're on tumblr sound on site of course you can also find me at sound on site where uh, i have reviews actually you know doctor who just wrapped up so you can find my reviews from this season of doctor who there um and then i'm not sure what i'm reviewing next so i'm gonna have to to figure that out but you can certainly find my tv podcast which goes out every tuesday that's the televerse where we cover everything else on tv um and uh you can also find me on twitter at the televerse i'd love to talk to you guys there and of course you can also find some of my work up at the av club as well but uh again thank you zach so much for coming on next week we'll be back to talk about season five episode six consumed written by matthew negrete and directed by seath man i Probably, I feel like I always get his name wrong, but uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Seath. Um, and uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. So, Ricky, seeing as you get everything you ask for on the Walking Dead podcast on the show, and uh, like this week we get flashbacks, uh, what what are the next few things that you're hoping that uh, we get here uh, in the Walking Dead? Okay, first of all, I just got to make something very clear to our listeners. I got into a huge argument with my nephew's friend about this. Um, yes, I've read some of the comics, but keep in mind, I I only read like maybe like 20 issues when we started the podcast. And then I went back and read a few more issues after the events had already happened on the TV show. And I don't think I've read past the Abraham Eugene storyline because I never been to Washington. So uh, with that said, what do I want to see in future episodes of The Walking Dead? Wow, there's a lot of things. Um, again, we do get most of it, like the small details, the vinyl records, the flashbacks. Um, I want to see them back in the city. And I think just a simple shot of, say, for example, Beth on the rooftop, and we do get to see the backdrop, just excites me for some reason. I'm so sick and tired of being in the woods or by a cabin in the woods or in a dark dungeon or prison. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see sunlight. I want to see an open world. I want to see buildings and trees and and zoos. And I want to see a city. So, yes, I want to see the city. I would like to see everybody reunite at one point. Maybe, say, the last episode of, the, of this half of the fifth season. Um... I don't know. It's hard. I feel like, I feel like, I mean, you know, if I had said like 10 episodes ago, I want to see Eugene kill a bunch of zombies with a fire hose, then everyone would think I'm like a psychic. You know what I mean? Like, how can I, that's not (laughs) something I can call, but uh, I don't really know what else I want to see. Maybe them riding a horseback again would be really cool. You know, it's funny is that yesterday when I was coming home, 
there were like a bunch of police officers walking down my street and I live in the suburbs and it was really dark at night and they were walking, um, sorry, they were marching down the street on horseback and the horses just had like little lights on them and it, it was like just from the distance, it was like the coolest thing. It looked like it, it came out of like a Walking Dead TV show. It was awesome. So what I'm hearing is police of uh, police officers on horseback or if nothing else uh horses with uh bling um yeah you know um cops on horseback open city the the group reunites and uh i don't know what about you that sounds good to me those are all things that i would i would like to see certainly the flashy horses is a more esoteric choice maybe is more out there but i think that would be delightful but definitely getting back to the city definitely reuniting the group uh, i look forward to how they're going to intersect with morgan because i feel like that's got to happen before the mid the end of the mid-season finale and if they are in a city if they if they leave that vicinity i don't know how that's going to happen unless morgan presents himself so i'm interested in that uh, but on the whole, I think they're doing a good job. So I don't really have that many things that I specifically want. You know, it's um, it's one of those seasons in which you want to write an article saying why you should be watching The Walking Dead, despite the fact that it has like 17 million plus viewers every week. And it's been around for five years because there's a lot of people that dropped off. Like I know a lot of people and critics who stopped watching the show last season. And I kind of want to write an article, an article saying, hey, you know what? Start watching again because it's freaking good. Yes, Jesus. Make the sun. 
But the work 